Thank you for joining us today at LifePoint Church. We believe Sundays are an opportunity to know God. For more information, including locations, service times, and small groups, please visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. Let's jump into the message. Good morning, LifePoint Church. How are you doing this morning? You doing good? Well, my name is Bo Jensen, and I get to serve here as the Rossview Road Campus Pastor. And I just want to take a moment to, again, welcome all of you that are joining us online and all of you in the room as well. Hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday, y'all. Some of y'all are excited. All right, let's just get this out of the way right now. Are you ready? Who is going for the 49ers? Make some noise. All you Californian refugees. You should automatically be Titans fans. It's a life of misery. Who's going for the Kansas City Swifties? Kansas City Swifties. Who's going for the commercials? Yeah. Who's going for Usher? All right, seven o'clock on the top and on my drop top, cruising the streets. I got a real, let's keep the rest of the song Christian, all right. Well, um, I'm excited to hang out with friends, eat some unhealthy food, and celebrate uh, the game tonight. But I wanna let you know how your giving and your generosity is making a difference just this weekend. Um, We have one of our mission partners, uh, Free International. They are dedicated to combating and ending human trafficking. And typically a host city for the Super Bowl has a surge of human trafficking, if you're unaware. And it is estimated that 10,000 sex trafficking victims will flood a host city um, during that weekend. Now, since this year is in Vegas, they're expecting that to double. And so I want to read to you from Proverbs 11, uh, verse 10. Proverbs 11, verse 10. It's the 11th day of the month. And so I typically try to read a chapter from Proverbs every day. And uh, this verse right here says, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of gladness. So I want to encourage you before kickoff today, hey, before you eat food today, pray for the city of Vegas and specifically pray for those people that are trying to end human trafficking this weekend and even today. And I I actually heard from Pastor Mike, he had texted me um, that even on, I think it was Friday or, or Saturday, I can't remember which one, they were able to help 11 people and get them to freedom. So can we just celebrate that? And then uh, two more just real quick encouragement. I just want to encourage you um, with this. If you want to make a difference and go on a mission trip, we have an annual mission trip to Vegas every year where we partner with Free International. And so you can actually go in and help get people free as well. So sign up for that mission trip if God is speaking to you on that. And I just want to encourage you, when you give here at LifePoint, you're giving 
doesn't just go to reach people and help people in Clarksville, Tennessee, Montgomery County, but it goes all throughout the world and specifically a portion of your giving is going to free people in Vegas from human trafficking. So I'm gonna pray in just a second. There are multiple ways that you can give here at LifePoint Church. They're up on the screen, but I wanna pray for the city of Vegas and Free International, amen? All right, let's pray. God, I thank you that uh, we get to celebrate um, what really in many ways is America's pastime. I know baseball can be that too, but God, I just thank you that as we gather, gather around with family and friends, Lord, we understand and know that there's people that are in really difficult situations, specifically in Vegas, and we're asking that you would give those that are working with Free International grace and the eyes to see, ears to hear, to help lead people to freedom. And so we ask this in Jesus' name, and we thank you that when we give financially here, we are giving literally to see people's lives forever changed by the gospel and to see people's lives forever changed by, in, by getting free from slavery. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Well, I think most of us here today would acknowledge and even agree that there are numerous things in life that require regular maintenance and checkups to ensure that they function properly and that we avoid problems. Would you agree with that? For example, as a homeowner this week, I had to change out the HVAC filters. I don't know if you have a thermostat like mine, but my thermostat will let me know when it is time to change out the HVAC filters. However, I often ignore it because it's not like top on the priority list. I mean, there's air flowing throughout. I mean, why do I need to change out the filters? But my mother, on the other hand, is very concerned about my air filters. And at 41 years old, I hate to admit this, but my mom is typically the one that changes out the HVAC filters in my home. But this week, she was at my home and she handed me the filters. I don't even buy my own filters, y'all. My mom buys them and just changes them out. I'm very grateful for it. But she handed me the filters this week and said, change your filters. And so I changed my filters. How many of you have security cameras around your home? Did you know they don't do you any good unless you check on them and charge the batteries in them? I mean, depending on what type you have. You know, there's a lot of things in life that require maintenance. One of those things I really just hate to spend money on and time on, and that is our vehicles. Anybody else? Like you just hate regular maintenance on your vehicles. Well, they are pressure checks, oil filters, oil changes. I mean, the list goes on and on and on on the things that we have to maintain and check up on a vehicle. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I like to push the limits. Push it to the limits. I don't know if you know that song, good Christian song. Um, I like to push it to the limits sometimes. And I don't know if it's your mission in life, but sometimes it's my mission in life to see how far I can go on empty. You know? And this, this past week when um, I'm taking my girls to school, uh, we're driving down the road and that light indicator comes on that says you're getting close to empty. But in my mind, I start doing bow math. 
I figure I got 15 to 20 more miles to go. So let's just keep going, right? But as we continue to go to their school to drop them off, I slowly start losing function in my vehicle. And as I'm hitting the gas pedal, I'm realizing I need to get over and shift lanes because I think this thing's about to end. And so I slowly get over and my daughter's like, I'm going to be late to school. And I'm like, the good news is you're going to get to skip school, it looks like. She's, and she responds, I don't want to miss school. And I'm like, you're not my child. And you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, this couldn't possibly be because I'm like, have no fuel. It's got to be something else. It couldn't possibly be my error. So I'm doing like a diagnostics of like what could possibly cause my truck to fail. But in the end, it was just, I ran out of gas. And so I had to call my wife and I said, hey, can you come to this destination and bring a gas can with you? And so she pulls up and she goes, I can be your hero, baby. That is a true story. She literally did that. And the look on my face was like. <laughs> but again, there are a lot of things in life, right, that we have to check on. And if we don't check on those things, we ultimately, it causes us delays and problems and various different issues. I mean, we know we're supposed to go to the doctor, the dentist, get our eye exams, we know we're supposed to do these things because we know that they, they, when we make those efforts, we are ensuring that we're staying healthy and living long lives. Well, I think all of us here today, I think it's reasonable to conclude that many of us here, including myself, we care about our spiritual lives. That's why we're here today. That's why we prioritize our church attendance. That's why we understand and know that when we practice and do spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible and prayer, this allows us to do spiritual maintenance on our hearts and our souls. And ultimately, again, many of life's challenges stem from our failure to conduct regular inspections and address crucial aspects of our existence. Therefore, today, as we continue with our Words of Wisdom series, I want to talk about evaluating our heart, a spiritual checkup. We're just continuing with our Words of Wisdom series, series, and we are gonna be in the book of Proverbs today, chapter four. So if you have your Bible with you, just go ahead and go to that. And I'm actually going to highlight three different versions of this text. The first one comes from the ESV. That's typically what Pastor Mike, our lead pastor, teaches from is the ESV. And I really enjoy reading from the ESV as well. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. The NIV says, above all else, guard your heart, from, for everything you do flows from it. And then the NLT says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. I think it's first important for us to establish that this proverb urges us to safeguard our heart. Secondly, I believe that we're gonna explore the reasons why he, 
God gives us this directive in this proverb and he's calling us all to protect our hearts. And then the last thing is, uh, we're gonna discuss this. We're gonna discuss the outcomes of a well-guarded heart. Now, the authors of scripture, the authors of the Bible write immensely about the heart. In fact, depending on the version um, that you use, the heart appears in scripture over 500 times. Jesus himself referred to the heart on multiple occasions in various proverbs or uh, parables and teachings. Therefore, as it pertains to this verse and really any verse in scripture, we should define exactly the use of the term heart and what, and really just understand what that means and what God is communicating to us. So my first point today is what is the heart? Now, when I decided to go to Austin P and major in health and human performance, it was less about my desire to learn more about the human body and more about my desire to avoid any math class. Math is from the devil, y'all. It's two things I believe the devil created, math and mice, okay? Hmm. But a prerequisite for advancing in my chosen degree field was I had to take a class in anatomy. And in that class is where I discovered how God just extensively and intricately detailed he was at creating the human body. And I believe we understand this at the human age that our heart is central to our life. In fact, you, your heart, started to create and form and develop three weeks after conception. By the time your mother knew that she was pregnant with you, your heart was already beating. You know what's fascinating about the heart too is that we have these vows and you know the, the opening and closing of those vows is actually the sound that we're hearing when it's beating. It's also interesting that you know, the, the left side of our heart pumps blood all throughout our body, the right side sending blood to our lungs, and then our hearts are pumping approximately 2,000 gallons of blood every single day, sending nutrients all throughout our body. I just think it's fascinating how God has designed our bodies. And I also think it's fascinating how there are profound similarities between the physical heart and the spiritual heart. As the physical heart is central to life and living, so is the spiritual heart. It is central to every aspect of our lives. So when the Bible speaks about the heart, it's really referring to the center of who you are, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when the writers employ this term heart in a spiritual context, it's really detailing, it's, it's encompassing our passions, our desires, our affections. Moreover, the heart represents a person's complete mental and moral activity involving the capacity for reason, or rational reasoning and serving at the core expression of our emotions and will. I love what Dallas Willard says in his book, Renovation of the Heart. He says the human heart, will, or spirit is the executive center of human life. The heart is where decisions and choices are made for the whole person. So again, in other words, the heart is the core of who we are. There are, again, similarities between the physical and spiritual. 
And generally, we know that unhealthy eating and dieting and a lack of physical activity is not good for our physical condition and nor is it good for our hearts. Therefore, we guard, we guard our hearts by the way of our mouths. And similarly, in this text, we see the call of God to guard the heart. So let's talk about the call to guard the heart. I want you to notice in this text, just this one text here says, guard your heart above all else, above all else. You know, the call to guard is not a mere suggestion in this text. It's really a call to protect and defend. I think this text implies that we naturally guard things that we value. We will defend them at any cost. And in this two-line proverb, the writer states, hey, above anything else, we should prioritize guarding, protecting, and defending the heart. It should be our number one priority. Now, when you think about the concept of guarding, I'm reminded living in this town in Clarksville, Tennessee, it just naturally, like we think of somebody when it comes to guarding, like they're armed, they're ready for battle. Would you not agree? So I believe this imagery evokes thoughts of soldiers prepared for a battle, suggesting that this is not just a defensive posture, but I believe it's actually more of an offensive posture. Now, I grew up in some of the best decades ever, the 80s and the 90s. Come on, somebody. I mean, the best music, best TV shows, movies, and there were these like epic sword fights in these movies and TV shows. I don't know if you remember them, but like you got Obi-Wan Kenobi against Darth Vader. And then you got Luke Skywalker against his father, Darth Vader. And then you have Zorro and the Three Musketeers. And then you have this classic movie from 1987, Princess Bride. Some of y'all remember that. There's this like that epic sword fight. You know what I'm talking about? My name is Ingo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Anyways. If you've never seen that movie, do yourself a favor, watch it. But you know what I think is interesting is sword fighting is actually a sport called fencing. And it's an Olympic sport, believe it or not. Um, in 1896 is when it started being an Olympic sport. And there's often this phrase, and if you were like me, my brother and I, we would always like on guard, right? With our fake lightsabers and, or swords, and then my mom's coming in there like, break it up. But there were the, these, these sayings that, this saying that this phrase, on guard, and I didn't realize until this week that that is actually a phrase used in French fencing that means get ready, get ready. So I think the call of guard in this text is like, hey, get ready to protect your heart. And I think what's equally interesting that in fencing, the sport of fencing, the physical defense starts with actually footwork. The emphasis is on having a strong foundation. So it's not, they don't start with the sword first, they start actually with their feet. And I think that it's equally interesting that in scripture that he's calling us to guard our hearts, but if we don't have a strong foundation, 
it's gonna be really difficult to guard our hearts. We find ourselves in these compromising situations and it's because we're not on solid ground. We are off balance. We're ill-prepared to protect. And perhaps we just neglect to have the proper guardrails. As Pastor Mike talked about last week in his message, the friend of a fool suffers harm. And guardrails protect your heart. And so, as you continue, if you would today, read the rest of chapter four. But as you continue from um, verse 23, it says actually this, and I really believe this is like directives how to effectively guard your heart. It says, put away crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Look your eyes, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Now, there was a time in my life where as a teenager, my feet were intentionally going in the wrong direction. I was not guarding my heart. I was having some trouble sleeping. And I can remember yelling one night, um, to my mom that I thought I had demons in my room. And so my mom came into my room and I told her, I said, I think I have demons in my room. And she like left. I'm like, I just told you, I thought I had demons in my room. And she comes back and she goes, brings a Bible and just slaps me like in my chest. She's like, sleep with this over your heart. It will protect you. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I'm like, okay. So I just grabbed that Bible, put it over my heart, and I went to sleep. Woke up that next morning, went into my mom's room, and she had a Bible over her heart. I'm like, mama, why are you sleeping with a Bible over your heart? She said, I don't know what you're inviting in this house. I got to protect my heart too. (laughs) That is a true story. Look. Guarding our hearts is in fact spiritual warfare. You have to choose to go to battle every single day at protecting your heart. You guard your heart by watching over it and you guard it by ensuring that you're watching what's coming in and what's going out. You have to be vigilant about keeping the wrong things out of your heart. There's so many external influences that are really just covert attacks that go directly to our hearts and souls. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but it is 2024. And as we continue to get closer and closer to November, you're gonna have to protect your heart. We have an election that's coming up. And look, you gotta decide today that you're gonna guard your heart from anger and frustration. Just make a decision today that despite whoever is elected, that your hope is not in a flawed person, a flawed government, but your hope is in Jesus Christ and him alone. So I'm just gonna say this. The hope for humanity is not President Trump. It's not President Biden. It's not President whoever in the future. It is in Jesus and it is in him alone. 
So just be careful as we get closer and closer to November. And look, most of us, I'm generalizing right now, but most of us may be on social media, but here's the thing, the algorithms target you and they target your frustrations. They target and they try to incite anger. So just be aware of that now and choose to protect yourself. Again, you can't control everything, but you can control what you allow to enter into your heart. And there's many things in life that don't go the way that we expect. Look, I expected at five to be a professional baseball player. I expected as I got older and I was in my early 20s that I was gonna be a famous rapper. You can laugh at that, it's funny. And I never expected that I was gonna have four children one day. I never expected that. You know what else I didn't expect? I didn't expect this morning to come to church and before I got to church, I had to clean a dog kennel out because my dog threw up and pooped all in the kennel. I didn't expect to have to do that. And that can really set you up for a bad day. And when you're preaching about protecting your heart, you're out there with, and it's cold and I'm in my Crocs and I'm like, I got water and I'm trying to clean it. And I'm like, choosing joy. (laughs) And my dog's just like, I don't know why I just did that. That was so dumb. Look, I didn't foresee running out of gas the other day. And again, life is full of unexpected and sometimes expected occurrences. But we can't allow those things to steal our joy and plant seeds of bitterness in our heart. Just make a decision today to prioritize healthy relationships. Refrain from taking offense, specifically from your spouse. It's so easy to get offended by the people that we live with. Just choose today that you're not gonna pick up offenses. Choose today that you're not gonna pick up secondary offenses. Practice forgiveness. Strive to see the best in others, especially those people that you work with and live with. Address unresolved hurts and hangups. Choose to forgive. Steer clear of engaging in gossip. Well, I wanna give you because I just went on a little bit of a rant there. I wanna give you just five practical things that I believe that if we put these things in practice, they will help protect our hearts. The first thing is this, it's the power of daily scripture reading. The power of daily scripture reading. Uh, There was a couple of years ago, a report, a scientific report that came out and they studied people that read scripture daily. And they concluded that people that read scripture four out of seven days during the week experienced this, a decrease in loneliness, a decrease in bitterness, a decrease in anger, a decrease in drunkenness, a decrease in sexual immorality, a decrease in a lot of different things in our lives that try to affect our heart. So look, I'm, I'm gonna say this, like it's really difficult to read scripture and cuss somebody out at the same time. I mean, I'm just, it's really difficult if you're listening to scripture and you're driving down 101st and that person cuts you off, it's really difficult to give them the bird because you're listening to scripture. I'm just trying to be real practical because even I struggle with that sometimes. I'm like, oh Lord Jesus, if I didn't work at LifePoint, 
Mm. See, the truth of God's word protects your heart in more ways than one. See, God's word in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says, for the word of God is living and active. This is a living and active book. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like it's living and active. Have you ever been somewhere sometime and you hear scripture and you're dealing with something in your life and it just penetrates? It's like, oh man, why'd they say that? Am I the only one? It's because it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the division of soul and spirit, joints and of marrow, and it discerns thoughts and intentions of the heart. That is so powerful. The second thing that I believe that we should do is, man, the power of praying daily. And I just want to encourage you, like, you don't have to pray for an hour every day. I want to encourage you, set an alarm on your phone for five minutes. Set an alarm on your phone for 10 minutes. Just take some time to pray every single day. Look, uh, this week, a couple of years ago, actually, Pastor Mike had asked me to go pray for this lady. And I was like, okay, I'll go pray for her. And she was seemingly on her deathbed. And I went and prayed with her and I prayed for healing and I prayed for other things. And I walked out of that house and I was like, I just really didn't believe the prayer that I prayed. Because I was like, she gonna die. And four years later, almost four years later, I've seen her three times this week. And every time, and I've seen her from a distance. And I've seen her three times this week. And I feel like every time I saw her, God was like, see, I can do miraculous things. And so don't underestimate the power of prayer. After the third time of seeing her this week, I went up to her, I was like, man, God just reminds me every time I see you that he does miracles, that he changes people's lives. And I wanna encourage you, if your heart is in a perpetual state of hurt, pray. I found that this just completely transforms and changes my mind. When I start focusing on the characteristics of God instead of focusing on my momentary and light circumstances, it just reorients my heart and gives me a holy focus to keep plowing forward. I also wanna give you this, the power of confession. The power of confession, I believe, will protect your heart as well. Some of us are carrying burdens that we haven't unloaded in years, perhaps even decades, without sharing it with anyone. And look, there's healing that's initiated when you take the courage to open up and be honest and share with someone about your struggles. We all need somebody in our life that we can openly and regularly confess our struggles to. Look, you shouldn't just trust anybody with that. And I just wanna encourage you with this. I'm 41 years old and it took me until I was 41 to go to a therapist because I always thought that was for other people and not for me. And even in my first session, I was like, I don't talk about my feelings, so I don't know what we're gonna exactly do here. And the good thing is he was like a Jedi and then at the end of it, I'm like talking about my feelings. I'm like, you tricked me. But look, it did something in my heart and my, my wife had encouraged me and other people had encouraged me, hey, you should go and just take some time 
And look, it shifted. It, it, was a, it was just a major shift in my life. And I just wanna encourage you, if you are holding on to some things, some deep-seated anger or bitterness or unforgiveness, go and seek some therapy. God has given that to us as a gift. Amen? So let me say this. Scripture says that when we confess, it actually brings healing in our life. Confession brings healing on our life. And the truth is God can't heal if you're hiding it. So just go ahead and confess it. Fourth thing that I wanna give to you is the power of community. I believe the power of community can help guard your heart. Just commit today that you're gonna invest into healthy relationships. Look, we say this all the time, join a small group, but I wanna actually encourage you to do this. If you're a small group host or leader, invite people to your small group. It's really easy for us to get up on stage and say, hey, this is the best thing we do. But what we really need you to do is really believe that this is the best thing we do and start inviting people because it's really difficult to go to somebody's house without an invitation. You ever done that? I mean, we have people that try to come to our homes without an invitation. We're like, what are they doing here? I, I, I mean, I'm so like annoyed when people just drive down my road that's not invited. I'm like, what are they doing down here? So let me encourage you, invite people to be a part of your small group because what you're doing is you're helping others guard their heart and that accountability helps you guard your heart. So that's why I'm just imploring you. I mean, I'm pleading with you. If you're a small group host, invite people, spend time in our lobby, get to know people that you don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people here. I'm sure there's somebody here that you don't know. Just go up to him and say, hi, my name is, who my name is? <laughs> Bo Jensen. All right, um, let me get to, I gotta, I gotta go a little faster. The power of serving others, all right? The power of serving others. This will help guard your heart as well. Go on a mission trip. Look, my heart, like, man, it healed from some things. It just completely shifted and changed when I went on a mission trip. And I wanna encourage you, go on a mission trip. And you don't have to go out of the country to go on a mission trip. Join a dream team. Go serve at YAPAC. Look, volunteer. If you're a dude here, look, volunteer at our Hope Center. These men need other godly men guiding them, leading them, mentoring them. And we also have a interest meeting. If you're interested in just being a mentor to the Hope Center guys, we have a meeting after our uh, noon service today upstairs in our loft. So I wanna encourage you, if you wanna help your own heart, help these dudes with their hearts get healed. Amen? Go serve somebody, serve your neighbor, help them with a project. I believe all of these things help restore and hurt our hearts. And I just believe that. All right, so let's get to this. The overflow of a guarded heart. It says this, it said, if you'll keep your heart with all diligence and vigilance, from it will flow the springs of life. Have you ever been like hiking in the mountains and get that mountain fresh spring water to refresh your body? There's just something about just getting that mountain water. Like when you start drinking it, it just does something. It just rejuvenates your whole entire body. And when you get around people, that protect and guard their heart, it actually becomes an overflow. 
and it blesses all the people around them. I mean, have you ever been around those people that you're like, do you ever get sad? I mean, they're just always joyful. They're always full of the spirit. I just love being around those people because the overflow of their life is like a spring. Man, it just, it just, it makes life better. And I want to be that type of person. I want to be the type of person when people get around me that, the, oh, that because I've protected my heart, I'm a blessing to them. But what I've noticed is that most of those people take the intention to protect their heart. They just seemingly work hard privately. And then when they're in public, it's just an overflow of a life spent with God. And I believe that we'll do the hard work at protecting the executive center of our lives if we will align our heart, our mind, and our soul with God's will, our actions will just automatically produce. And they'll produce this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit. It's a singular fruit. And look, if you want to possess all those characteristics, protect your heart. And look, if you want other people to start enjoying the overflow of a life that's protected, man, I'm telling you, get in God's word, pray daily, confess sin. Man, go serve other people, amen? Look, I believe it's a whole lot easier to share your faith when you're protecting your heart. So in conclusion, I just wanna have like just a moment where we go into the doctor's office. You remember as a kid when you would go to the doctor's office and the doctor would use a stethoscope and he would put it on your heart and you would have to breathe, right? Well, I want us to all just be in this spiritual just doctor's office this morning. And if, if God, and this may sound cheesy, but if God were to put a stethoscope on your heart, what would he hear? What would he hear? What would be beating? For many of us in here, maybe it's anger, it's bitterness, hurts. I don't know. I don't know what's, in the depths of your heart. But as I look through this room and some of the people that I know in this room, I know you've dealt with some really tough things in life. And the good news is God knows your heart. He knows your heart. He knows what's in the depths of your heart. But what I also find interesting is this, is that if our hearts are gonna be healed and changed, we actually have to get a new heart. You see, um, Jesus came to actually provide you a new heart because he knows what's in your heart. And I also love this uh, quote from A.W. Tozer when it comes to our heart and our minds being connected. He says, whatever comes into your heart and your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. It's such a powerful quote. And then Jesus said this about our heart. He said, out of it comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. He's like, that's what comes out of your heart. That's why he came to give us a new heart because he knows our heart. 
So when people say, well, God knows my heart, he does. And oftentimes we say this phrase, I say this phrase, to justify some type of action. Typically, like it could even be in a situation with my spouse, well, God knows my heart. Well, he actually does. That's why he came to give you a new one. You know, there's this guy in scripture, his name's King David, but before he was King David, he was David, and he was in a field watching his father's sheep. And to make a long story short, a prophet was sent to the house of Jesse, which is David's father. And he's like, hey, go and anoint the next king of Israel. And when he gets there, Jesse has all his sons there. And the prophet's like, hmm, no, you have any more sons? He was like, well, I got this youngest one that's real young out in the field watching my sheep. He's like, well, bring him. And when he comes in, God's like, that's the guy. That's the guy. And the prophet says, or God says to the prophet, man looks at the exterior, but God looks at the interior. Well, he becomes king. Fast forward, he's in and around 50 years old. He goes out on his balcony and he sees a woman taking a bath. And he has an affair with that woman. And to cover up the affair, he kills her husband. It's a scandalous story in scripture. And then almost, I think about a year later, the prophet who anointed him, or no, actually it was a different prophet, I'm sorry. But a prophet comes to him and says, he basically tells him this story and says, you're the man. And he realizes what he has done. And in Psalm 51.10, this is David's response after being called out. See, sometimes you need somebody in your life that can call you out when you are in sin. And this is his response. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So if that stethoscope is on your heart right now and God is listening, what's going on in your life? What's he hearing? And I would encourage you, just take David's prayer and pray this prayer. Make it your own. Amen? Will you stand to your feet? I want to invite you this Super Bowl Sunday to go all in. I think all of us, no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey, including myself, we need to do an evaluation of our heart. And so I want you to just repeat this prayer after me. Would you just symbolically lift up your hands? Because some of us here today, we've never given our hearts and our lives to Jesus. Some of us here today have, but your heart is hurting. And I just want all of us to go all in with Jesus. And then after we pray this prayer, hey, come down here and get prayer from our prayer team as well. Will you pray this, repeat this prayer after me? Create in me a pure heart. Oh God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Because God, I believe in you. I believe you died for me so I could live for you. I confess my sin. I repent. I turn to you. Fill me with your spirit. Direct me by your word. I'm all in. In Jesus' name. We're so happy that you joined us today. We hope that you've been inspired and challenged by today's message. 
If you'd like to grow in your walk with Jesus, stay connected, or partner with us through generosity, be sure to visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. We hope that you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next Sunday.